Welcome to Connection to the Cosmos with your host, me, Dr. Lisa Thompson, where I have out-of-this-world conversations with extraordinary people. And today I am so excited to have author, experiencer, and QHHT practitioner Brent Boatman on the show. And let me tell you a little more about Brent. Um, Brent Boltman has been meditating since he was nine years old, which guided him years later to learn from a master in the south of France in the Great White Brotherhood. He published his first book, a memoir titled UFO to IFO to your galactic family and beyond at the end of 2021. The book is a collection of stories and experiences from his spiritual journey over the last three decades. He is a certified QHHT level two practitioner with Dolores Cannon Quantum Hypnosis Healing Technique and BQH certified practitioner on expanding human consciousness and past life regression. For a change and a healing, it takes desire. If you have that, you can be healed of anything. It's that simple. For more information, visit www.brentboatman.com. Welcome, Brent. <laughs> Thank you. Well, well read. <laughs> Very embellishing. Here is your book. So, um, first of all, very quickly, the first what I like my audience to understand um, about my different guests is kind of how they grew up in their childhood. And because some people come from very religious backgrounds and then have a transition later in life. Other people like me come from already very metaphysical backgrounds. And so if you could just briefly give a summary of like how you grew up and then how you found the master. Well, my mother was always a spiritual seeker. Um, in my book, I wrote uh, about her taking us through countless churches, countless religions, looking for the right fit. I never knew what was going on, but she was actually in search of something. And one day she was at some friend's house up in the mountains years later, and there was a book on the coffee table and she picked it up and it was written by a man by the name of Omram Mikhail Ivanhoff with an A. And she was just, it grabbed her, just grabbed her. And she, the uh, friend said, you know, he's alive still, and he lives in the south of France. And my mother wrote a letter back when it was still snail mail and sent a letter, and she was accepted to come over and visit by the school. It was a school and run by the spiritual teacher, and uh, she went there for a visit. At the time she went for a visit, I was also in Europe. I was living in Ger Germany. I've been traveling the world for about two years by then. And she came to visit me after she was in France with the master. It was a great visit. It was wonderful. But when she left, I had an emptiness. And it wasn't about my mommy's gone because I was taking very serious inventory. What is lacking? What is missing? And as I focused in, I was focused. I could still see it at one of the master's books that she left. I didn't know she left it on the other side of the room. And I heard, that must be it. So I walked over there and I picked up the book and I started reading it. It was, it was entitled The New Earth. And by the time I got through the first paragraph, I knew what was missing was in that book. I knew it. I just felt it come over me. I felt this grandma's sweater. Just, you know, just, oh, this is it. Yes, my anxiety went down. My fears went down. Everything that the world throws on us was starting to lift. So I applied myself into that new domain, never knowing where it went, never knowing where it led me. I, I had no idea. I'm on my own here um, doing this reading and fasting and meditating and all these things um, on my own. Well, eventually, as I, my spirituality grew, my love for the German engineering and working in the car factories diminished. 
it's just naturally went that way. Yeah. And I was going to go work directly for Mercedes. I've been there in Germany long enough to get my complete legal citizenship. But I just had a nudge to go to the south of France and meet this man. So that's what I did. How old were you? 21. Okay. Okay. So you went to the south of France Mm -hmm. and you, you are kind of um, just show up on the door, right? Which doesn't happen. You read that, huh? You you got me. You read that. I read the book. Yeah. (laughs) We got a couple Labradors here we're playing fetch with. Um, Yeah. I just showed up not knowing that there's a protocol. You got to write ahead. You got to send your photograph. The master will run his hand over the photo and say yes or no. And I showed up and they were all, I felt like I was in the bottom of a lake and they're above me talking because it was French and I didn't understand it. And the, um, some pretty vivacious American women showed up and they said, Hey, just let him in. His mom was just here. Oh, his mother. Okay. So they let me in. Okay. Yeah. I got a job working as a permanent there. You can work for your room and board or you can pay. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I, um, I opt to run their uh, metal department and their Quonset hut and do their welding for them. Okay. So I, that's what I did uh, for my room and board. And the day consists of um, waking up early, going up to the sunrise and meditating to the early morning sun. And then coming down the hill, going to work, going in here in a conference. And then um, goes on from there. Excuse me, mosquitoes everywhere. Yeah, maybe just put pickles in the car. That's my dog's name, Pickles. Okay. And so the spiritual journey only intensified when I was there with him. He would give a conference mm-hmm. and every day during the conference, he would say something that would really upset my personality. And I learned real quick that if it upset my personality, I, I've got to refine that. I've got to work on that. So I started to accept the challenge, step up to the plate. Yeah. Oh, how did he know I like sugar cookies? Oh, okay. I'll give them up. And then I walk out of the conference and then it would be the biggest sugar cookie right there calling my name. And I'd say, oh, I want it. I want it. I'd say, this is just an example. No, I'm going to not let this get a hold of me. And in the moment I said no, it was really amazing because the obsessive compulsion behavior was lifted instantly. It was gone. Vanished from my desire body, vanished from my mind. And I go, wow, that was painless. So I kept doing this all summer long for every virtue that I had, every problem that I had. Everybody else had the opportunity, too, to do the same thing. Mm -hmm. But I took it as a very serious challenge. By the end of the summer, the master said, I'm looking for one man and one woman to go to Paris, to go to the advanced school in the Asiatic training. I go, well, I'm going back to America. You know, I've been gone four years now, almost four years. And I, I need to go figure out, I'm going to go, I got to go figure out what I'm going to do with my life. I'm 22 by then. And I was down in the tunnel working. We call my workplace the tunnel. And my mom came up, hey, the master made up his decision on who's going to uh, go to Paris. And I'm like, all right, cool. Who's going? She said, he chose you. And I'm like, mom, I was going to go back to America. She's like, I know I should go because he knows past, present, and future of everybody. He was an extraordinary man. I told my mom he's not human with his abilities, what I've seen him do. It's just not normal. How could he speak to a hundred of us and answer every single question we all have in our mind or in our hearts in a three-hour session? People would come out of there and say, I feel as he was just speaking to us, to me, you know, and he had that ability. Yeah. It was was amazing. So I went to Paris and I did a bunch of really intense training, uh, spiritual guidance with with, with some 
this older man and two sisters would come into my room and we'd talk and I would follow the exercises. And um, but then the UFOs at that point started to show up. Okay. So yeah, let's talk about that. So was the one on the balcony, was that your first experience or just one that was really like intense for you? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to rewind a little bit here. I had no idea nor acceptance that UFOs had anything to do with spirituality. None. Zero. <laughs> it did. I don't fit with my spiritual journey. That doesn't mesh. So I, I paid no attention to it. But they knew where I, my level of consciousness was. Mm -hmm. And they'll go, we'll, we'll just train him through um, osmosis or through downloads because he's very open to it and he knows when it, when he receives it and he will respond to our requests. Okay. So then they, we were having dinner and we're out of olive oil. And I said, I'll go get it. They go, you know where it is? I go, yeah, it's in the basement of the master's grand saw of the big hall. So I walked out the door and then right out in front of me, maybe hundred yards, or 150 yards in front of me was a UFO because we lived on a kind of a hill and then the valley, the, the valley dropped down. So okay. straight out, this would be way up in the air. Yeah. And way up in the air, okay. there was a, a UFO and I just looked at it and I could see it spinning. And mm -hmm. I was amazed with my mechanical mind, how stable it was wasn't wavering or nothing. And then what really got my eye were the lights down below. Okay. They were rectangular in shape. And there was no heat signature of a hot spot of the lights. They were the colors were evenly distributed all the way out through the rectangle. And it would be like orange and then purple and then green. And each time it would change colors, I would consciously look for the heat signature or the color signature of the previous light but it was gone the residue of it would be gone i'm going whoa check that out so then i decided to like lean in on it using telecommunication telecommunicating abilities and i said i want to hear what this is all about so i lean in kind of a body language thing yeah and it says you are meant to see this i go okay this is for you. I go, okay. And then they said, go do what you came to do before somebody comes outside and finds us. So I went in the ground stall. I grabbed the olive oil, mm -hmm. came back out thinking, if this is a fluke, it's gone. If it's real, it's going to still be there. And it was still there. And I looked at it and then I felt, you got to go because they don't mix messages. You know, when it's time to go, they let you know, you do it. Correct. <laughs> so I went inside, I set the olive oil on the table, and I zoom. Yeah. Okay. Get anything. The next big event was when we're leaving, I'm leaving Paris. One of the girls was told to drive me down there. I had no idea behind the scenes how much they were preparing and taking care of me, but there was a whole orchestra of people and staff watching out for me and taking care of me. I thought it was just by chance, but now I get older, I look back and go, they were really doing some stuff behind the scenes for me that I never noticed. Mm -hmm. So we're time to leave. Francis, the French uh, woman was going to drive us, drive me down there. So we got in the car. She said, I was told that we're going to have escorts from our friends. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so we get in the car and we drive, and right as we're getting out of Paris, here they come, three of them. One above us and one on each side. For 13 hours, they were right next to us, all the way to the south of France. We drove at night, okay. and then and, and we got there in the morning, and the sun was starting to come up, and the UFO took the color of the off the sun and deflected it at us like a winky. And then took off in lightning speed because we had arrived to our destination. Mm -hmm. So these encounters st started happening more and more. And they kept 
downloading information. And, and to this day, uh, I know if I wake up in the middle of the night, they're flying overhead. So I'll, like last night, I went outside, probably was about three, two or three in the morning. Mm -hmm. Here comes overhead, one right overhead. I didn't even have my uh, binoculars. I didn't even use them. Like it, it was that clear. Okay. And then I I wave, put my hand up the wave, and it just totally lit up. It just went beaming with light as it went over. Yeah. And for a while, then it went out as it left away, saying hello. Because I know that I said you're taking pictures of me. You're filming me. I know it. Hi, and it's lighting up, and then it goes away. It's my family. They, 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 they do it all the time. They come over and they say hello. Yeah. Well, I have the same experience here, too. Mm -hmm. I'm so happy to meet yeah. a, a fellow experiencer, <laughs> and I'm not alone. Yeah. No, you're not. And so, actually, I do have a, a question for you that didn't necessarily get answered in the book. So, when you say it's your family, have you met them in person, like, visibly? seen them or do you know what group they're a part of do you know where they're from any of that kind of information yes that's a good question i've actually um been with them before on the ship and uh, i had I, I believe i told a story about my brother being on on uh on a on a ship too in my book i yeah. about them examining him yes yeah and um what they do though is they'll block out their face, but I sometimes I can get in and I can see their eyes here, mm -hmm. you know, and they'll let me see that one. I've had one in my house and I saw his stature, his size. He had this white coat on. His, you know, he had a snout and he had bumps all over his head and he looked like he was a lesser of an enlightened being because my father actually brought him to my room. Yeah, it was a very yeah, it was a bizarre experience. It was four thirty in the morning. My phone rang, and my wife said, "Who's calling?" I go, "I don't know. I think it's my dad trying to wake me up." And I go, "Wait a minute. He's been passed on for three and a half to four years by now. Why would I say that?" And it kind of like sobered me up real quick from a dream state or sleep state. Mm -hmm. And there he was standing in my door. Your dad good. and the baby. Yeah. No, okay. just my father at the first. Very good looking, very handsome, black and white suit on. He was at his prime and, and while he stood there. Okay. And he came with a message and he said, if I don't straight, I, was, I wasn't enlightened at the time. I was trying to dodge my responsibility, to be honest with you. I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do with this information. The world's not ready for it. It's too much for me to do. I can't stand it. Let's drown it in booze, women, whatever I can. I don't, I don't, I can't, it's too much. And so he said, I came with a message. He said, this is what you'll look like on the other side if you do not straighten out. And he brought this little bean with him. Okay, yeah. It was a short little guy and he had these bumps all over his head. He kind of had an alligator snout. And he said, you see those bumps? And they go, yeah. And he goes, that represents failure when you get to the other side. This is what you'll look like. And everybody on the other side will know that you did not succeed with your chores. So I go, got it. And then my father dismissed him. And he was he was gone. So I talked to my father a little bit more. And then he says, I'm going to go now. I said, okay, dad. And then I watched him for a good 45 minutes to an hour. Molecule or pixel by pixel start to disappear. Okay. I turned my head away. Mm -hmm. And then I look back, there he is, pixel by pixel, disappearing. It was, it was remarkable. And back to your answer, there have been several experiences aboard a craft where mm -hmm. they have uh, let me fly them, is it, you know. Okay. Was it a smaller shuttle craft or was it a big one? No, it was a smaller one. Um, there was this kind of rounded dashboard, we'll say. There was, no, there was nothing on it. There's no lights or nothing. And I'm looking at a screen that displayed the other side of the ship. 
Mm-hmm. And, but it looked real, like you're looking right out a window. And I put my hand inside this thing. And he goes, okay. And I can feel this contoured thing kind of mold to my hand. And he goes, now, through your feelings, through your fingertips, and through your thoughts, you can command the craft. Right. And I go, okay. So I yeah. got it in there. And I'm looking. I remember looking at my arm and looking down at my feet. Yeah. And all of a sudden, they're all gone. I can't see my feet. I can't see my arms. I can't see anything. I'm only a person with thought, a being, a being, a consciousness. And I said, oh, we just went invisible. And I still feel the feeling. It was like a a cold, sort of like a cold electrical sensation that kind of went through my body, real mild. And I go, wow. And I could see the stars down below where my feet were. You know, I could see through everything. It was amazing. Um, That's similar to an experience that I had when I was 15. So I was in a shuttlecraft. It was just me and my guide. And the, the craft that we were in, it looked completely transparent. Where, just like you said, you could see out into the darkness. You could see the stars. You could see the, the gaseous colors as you're flying through them. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, it's um, that's what if you were to die, that's what it you would be like. You're just your consciousness, mm-hmm. you know, and through the space, and you can go wherever you want to go, do what you want to do. You just it's really amazing how actually loud the, the your your voice in your head would become. You know, like right now I'm speaking and I hear it, but all of a sudden when you're in that state, it's like synonymous. It's one, right. Very interesting. So did you go anywhere specifically or you were just on a ride? We're picking up on chicks. <laughs> we enjoy riding. <laughs> um, no, um, then they um, asked me if I wanted to see how old I was. Okay. And I said, okay, yeah, sure, yeah. So there on the screen, these round spirals appeared uh, not flat this way, but this way with me, mm-hmm. these round things. And they were spinning and they had this most intense white light and this energy. There was all energy and some of them would go shoot off and other ones would shoot off and they would spin. And then there was a this like spear light with a hook on it down through the middle of them. And they said, those each one of those rings represents a thousand lives. That's you. The arrow going through the middle is you, and those are your lives. So I counted them, mm-hmm. and when I got to the end number, they knew it. It was gone. It was gone. So um, that's another one. And I told you about the other one. I can't give away the book yeah, about working on the craft with them. Yeah. And we were speaking a language and they kind of like, we had a challenge that I'm going to still speak that when I go back to my body, like, good luck with that one. I said, no, I won't forget. I won't forget. And as I was waking up, mm-hmm. I was feeling that memory fade. It's amazing how quick it fades. I go, yeah. no, I'm not going to forget. I'm not going to forget. And it, the, the dream or the, conversation was fading as I'm slowly starting to wake up. I go, I have to hold on to it. I have to hold on to it. I can't let go. I can't forget it. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And then oh, I started to open my mouth and use my motor skills. And on, the rest is in the book. Yes. So, UFO to IFO, everyone. <laughs> yes. I never thought I would be an author. Yeah. So what actually inspired you all these years later to write your stories? I had a motorcycle crash. I was driving home, minding my own business. I was doing 70 miles an hour in the fast lane. And a drunk driver thought he tried to pass me, but he hit me. He was doing 90 and he rear-ended me. Wow. And yeah, I, I, yeah. I basically I was, I was a miracle. Yeah. But I, had a, I had a come to Jesus meeting when I was sliding down the freeway. And I told them, I will do what I came to earth to do. I will fulfill my commitment now. I will do it. I won't 
messing around anymore. It wasn't about, I'll do it if you spare me. No, I'll do it. Yeah. Because that was the intent of the message of the crash. They were, they're like, time to get it together. I got, I got it. I'll do it. And um, I kind of, I stood up on the freeway and got in the ambulance and they took me to the hospital and checked me out that night. That's when they found the metal ball in my finger. Okay. And it wasn't from the crash. It wasn't from the crash. There was no cut, nothing. Right. That's your implant. Maybe yeah, I guess. Yeah. 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 It's okay. Right here. I don't know if you can see it. It's that little. Okay. A little bit. Yeah. A little bump right there. Mm -hmm. right there. Yeah. See, you can see it. Yeah. So how long ago was that motorcycle motorcycle accident? That was um, Easter evening, 2018. Okay. Easter. It rose okay. me from the dead. So four years ago. And then what did you know your purpose to be? Like, what did you know your work to be? What are you meant to be here to do? Well, there's a, there's a gap between Earth and them, our extended family, our higher self. We're, and we're nothing but we are a fractal of a being inside of us floating around that we talk to and it tells us what to do, think, feel and all that. And the larger portion of us is in another dimension. Mm -hmm. And being a practitioner, as you know, most of the times what the person does on Earth also corresponds to what their higher self does in another dimension. But to answer your question is to help people understand the next dimension and to align themselves with it to prepare for the graduation because every almost everything on earth that we do car job whatever we do is virtually worthless in the, in the next dimension so we should not put so much alliance or so much time focusing on the worldly affairs we should spend more time working and preparing ourselves for the next step and learning how to empower ourselves because whatever we put into our spiritual bank account now will be multiplied by 10,000 when we graduate. So if you have an arsenal of spiritual tools and wisdom and love and light and you go to the other side, you're you're a mighty mighty warrior you know and that's my inspirational message to everybody it's like meditate learn to align yourself align yourself align yourself and look for the proof in your star family as they fly over you 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 know i have countless stories of taking people out and say ask it are you my star family and nope no response next one no response. Next one. It lit up for me. That is your extended family. And you're not alone. It will be with you from now on. And I want you to look for it and pay attention. Yeah. And so is your understanding that everyone here on earth has their star family? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Without a doubt. We're, you know, and also for the most part, everyone volunteered to come here for the grand experiment. You ever notice how people all have, um, uh, a desire to gather knowledge. Um, Everybody wants to learn what of one thing or another. They want to learn. Okay. They can obsess on good things and bad things, but they want to learn. Yeah. Right. So sometimes it takes a long time for them to learn something. Sometimes it's slow, but God wants that knowledge. Bring it back so we can, you know, when you return, you, 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 you actually take with you, uh, the master used to say three bobbins, one from the heart, one from the wheel, and one from the intellect. Everything's recorded. And when you go, these bobbins, these are put into a computer and they're played and the information is extracted. And so then they could use it to, for you to rate yourself on how well you did on earth and also to build a better world next time. Yeah. So we'll just, we're just like little minions down here gathering information for the the bigger uh, of the greater good yeah yes we are and you and i are on a very similar mission here we're very aligned in that mission so i am very happy to know you now and to have you in my world you know very, I'm, very, I'm very happy to i mean yeah 
No coincidence. That was another big reason for writing that book is because I wanted to pull the tribes together. Everybody's got to come together now, you know? Yeah. And uh, I, I kept it hidden for a long time about my uh, ability to walk outside and look up in the sky and they come out. Like, hey, come out and say hello. There they are. So I kept it hidden too. What was your purpose for keeping it hidden for so long? Fear. Mm-hmm. Acceptance. But it happened when I was at level two in Florida and a girl said in my uh, row, I saw a UFO last night. And I'm like, I'm not surprised. They follow me wherever I go. I know they go. And then a gal who you read in my book, her name was Teresa. She had a very disturbing experience one night during school. She, I didn't even know her. And she came up and started talking to me about it. And I broke it down for her and talked to her about it. And um, then um, we parted ways. We became friends. She, get, she invited me to Las Vegas. I go, well, I'm never going to go there. And then she told me about this thing she does uh, with a friend called the Pristine Council, which is quantum healing, and asked me to participate in the group. Mm -hmm. And the Pristine Council gave their approval about me being there. So I went to Las Vegas. And she came right up to me, Teresa did. She said, all right, Brent, what's up with this UFO? You're a mega airport. They're all over you. They follow you. They're hundreds all around you. And I'm like, what? I don't know. She's like, uh-uh. You know. So I trusted her, and I t- told her my story about being with a master and all the spiritual growth that I've done. And by then, I'm starting to realize that they are spiritual guides. Mm-hmm. You know, and you got to undo everything the government says for you about them. But it's true. There are spiritual guides. Yes. And so Teresa, uh, this other girl in the room, didn't believe in them at all. She was nah, scared. And said, would you like to see one? She said, yeah. I said, okay, they showed me where to go. And I had her take me there. And she was wrestling with her chair while I'm meditating. And I'm linking up to put myself in the right frequency to be heard. Mm-hmm. And then I opened my eyes. She says, so, Brent, how do you do this thing? Kind of snarkling, right? And I says, friends, this is Shay. She's not really a believer, but we say hello. And no sooner I said hello, there was like an atomic flash right above us. And she's like, her jaw hit the floor. I says, now do you believe me? Mm -hmm. So... We went home, she asked to do an interview on me and then she posted it and she said, my phone's getting blown up. This is the end of the start. Come over and she shows me this article. I go, how do these people know so much about me? She said, well, I was just talking to them and they just wrote all this out and they booked a big old event for you. I said, we're gonna go out Wednesday and now they made a full on blown out event and I'm just, Starting to get mad, right? And I hear, stop, Brent, stop. We, meaning them, Mm -hmm. arranged this for you. It's time for you to come out and speak fearlessly and boldly about us. And I go, I've been waiting for that. I go, I got it. Mm -hmm. So I just put on my boots and marched out and did it and i'm doing it ever since i don't care what people say i don't care what they, how they feel i'm gonna say the truth and you know i've had very minimal flack well, yeah. and how yeah how beautiful is that same here it's wonderful. right it's wonderful and so i made these little pins that look just like these ships on my book um that i give to people when they take my course um, it's UFO on demand. It's to teach people how to make contact themselves, kind of like the way you and I do it. Yeah. And it's to wear it so as, as to attract conversation and other people. Because if you have uh, an experience or if 
you're of that frequency, you'll come together and mm -hmm. the tribes are, you know, they're starting to move around. They're starting to come out. They're starting to come together. They are. Well, people are um, becoming less afraid of speaking out or sharing their stories. And the more that you and I and others like us start to write about it, speak about it, share, we normalize it. And then it's not going to be like fringe society or the tin hat wearing crazy UFO people, right? <laughs> yeah, tin hat. I haven't heard that one for a while. I know. But yeah, it, it, it's, it's wonderful. And it's just starting off a friendship and a conversation with a skip, you know, and then we'll, we'll hey, let's go out and watch, watch the stars. Okay, let's go. And uh, we get together and we all raise our vibrations and like, hey, there's one, there's another one. They just come out like you're in the fishbowl looking up and they're just all over you swimming. Yeah. You know, I mean, I don't know if you see as many as I see up here, but I, I can see three to four to five at one time. Yes. Just every, everywhere. And that makes me a little concerned because the more they come out, the more they tell me that something's going on, that they have to be really close to earth to watch okay. because they're not going to let us repeat what yeah. happened last time with um, humanity. Right. Yeah, actually, um, the amount of activity that we see every time we go out, um, it's pretty incredible. And we have our satellite app to make sure, like, because our guests, you know, we have UFO tours, and we want to make sure that people understand what a satellite behavior is. Because a lot of them first appear like they are satellites, but then they start doing things that satellites don't do. And so when we're really watching them and we're seeing just like, like just all this activity, um, mm -hmm. it's undeniable, like what is going on, but and it, and it is increasing. However, I don't know if it's increasing really, or if it's just becoming more conscious and seeing them be opening your eyes more to them. Um, because I think that they have been here for a long time and um, and maybe the connection that you have and I have with them is just bringing them here. But maybe I would love to know if they've communicated, like if they are coming out in bigger numbers now. The, my, my observation, yeah, they are. Okay. They absolutely are. Um, Yeah, I mean, I could still see from my memory from last night with, you know, my I have a single binocular because to have two of them, I think it would be just too much input for my eyes. You'd see too many stars. So I narrow. I, I made a decision to narrow it down so I can concentrate on 50,000 miles versus 100,000 miles, you know, when you look off into space. Yeah. And I could see anywhere like from four to five in one vision. Mm -hmm. Now... The level of are they by are they um, are they um, benevolent or malevolent? It's sometimes it's difficult to figure it out because they're dull gray, and the only reason I find out whether they're benevolent or which are good mm -hmm. is when they will actually power up or send me a flash. Okay, um, I've seen. Wars, ships fighting, it's over in milliseconds, done, it's gone, vaporized, you know. Yeah. Um, I've seen a bunch of uh, smaller ships come and get into a triangular, stop right in front of me, right in front of me and get into a tacular triangle formation mm -hmm. with one, two, three, four, five, six ships into a V and then take off. And then right coming in right behind it was another tactical formation of bigger ships. And that one was missing one. There was one, two, three. That was four in a V. And they took off after it. I go, oh, somebody's on the hunt. Okay. They were chasing them. Interesting. Yeah. So did you that in Las Vegas or in Washington? Up here in Washington. Okay. Okay. 
Yeah. So the kind of activity, like um, last week we had a tour out and there was one at the very end that was like really performing. It was just really, really interactive. And that was kind of the finale of the tour. And at the end of the tour, I or earlier in the tour, I had talked about um, the Syrians and how they were part of the genetic seeding of ancient Egypt. And that was part of my role. And so I was telling the guests about this and then we had that activity. And then I went to show one of the ladies some of the different alien races and my iPad got frozen on the Syrians. And I was like, oh, is that you guys showing me? And they're like, yep. <laughs> so it was nice to have confirmation like that. And we've seen other things, even without the um, the goggles through the clouds of like yep. pyramid, like pure outline, sharp outline, pyramid shaped giant yeah. in the sky. And so that I got confirmation was the Andromedans just saying hi. And, but I mean, yeah, there's just so much activity. And like you're saying, yes, there are benevolent and malevolent beings out there. However, the benevolent ones far outnumber the malevolent. Yeah. And I don't want people really to focus on those malevolent ones because the more that we raise our vibration, that's, we're not going to experience that. We're going to only experience what we are. Yeah. 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 The um, master Omram, Mikhail Ivanhoff, he would say that the darker side is compared to cold and cold goes to 248 degrees Celsius, no colder. The lighter side is heat. That goes to infinity. Mm. It says the lighter side has unlimited resources where the cold doesn't. So the lighter side will always prevail. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Very yeah. interesting. And he's given some other wonderful parables I could share with you another time about who the devil really is and what the role is. Okay. Well, and yeah, I have my own ideas on that too. So that'd be a fun conversation, but I do, oh, yeah. um, I do want to actually ask you, so in your book, you talk about having your sperm taken, your seed. And I'm curious, I've had other guests on my show that know that they have hybrid children and a couple of them have actually met their hybrid children. Have you experienced that? Yes, I have. Okay. Like, and 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 um, it was just too clear. You know, it was just too clear. Yeah. And it wasn't like a foggy dream. I mean, I could see this person. I could yeah. see another person. I can see him, and she came up to me, and she was beautiful, beautiful. And when she walked in front of me, she had the ability with the take her body and put energy into me mm. that completely revved up my sexuality and my force. I mean, from here all the way down to my knees was just a hot bed of love. And she said, do you want to make love? <laughs> Duh. <laughs> and yeah, at that time I was like meditating three to four hours a day. So for me, there wasn't a difference between this world and that world because I'd lay down and I'd follow myself into the next dimension. I had such clarity, right? Yeah. And I still practice that, but it, it takes a lot of effort to keep that clarity on tap and solid. And we performed our deed and when it was over, I just, wanted to hold on to her and she wanted to hold on to me and these two beings came along and said we you have to go you must go and she said i could feel her heart because we were bonded mm -hmm. just so sad that she had to leave and the um the being said you know the rules so she left but I remember when I was doing it, I woke up out of this dimension. I remember that. Mm -hmm. And 
then they was put back under because that'll happen. You'll be in that dimension and you'll come to and they know it and they go, oh, put them back into sleep state. We don't want them to know. I've right. even told them that before. You want me to think it's a dream, but that's not. And I know it. Yeah. And so uh, that uh, after that was over, I found myself sitting cross-legged on top of my sleeping bag in my tent in the south of France. Okay. This is just one experience. Yeah. And I go, wait a minute. I never sit cross-legged. It's not a habit of mine. I don't do that. And I started looking at the tent, and it was lit up like a fluorescent tube all around my tent, all lit up. Mm-hmm. And I go, now, if anybody was on the other side of my tent with a flashlight, there'd be a beam of light hitting the wall. Right, right. There's, not- no, there's no heat signature there. There's no beam of light. Yeah. I go, it's coming from above. So I ran out real quick. The light was gone. And the ship took off. I go, they just brought me back. I was with them. Mm-hmm. I go, well, I guess I better change my clothes because I'm 21 and fit and it's probably a got dirty diapers. And I go and there's not a drop of sperm on my body or in my pants. None, not a drop, all gone. Mm-hmm. And I go, oh, that really did happen. Yeah. And that's just one time. There's several other times too. And I knew it. I even went to the master about it. Love what he say. He said, I got more important things to do. <laughs> Shoot me out the door, right? And then he go, but before he did, he goes to turn the TV on. And then there's old Mickey Mouse cartoons playing. And he sat in that chair. He goes, I got more important things to do. And he turns on the TV and it's cartoons. <laughs> <laughs> I, before I got out of his driveway, I, I out of his uh, step, his walkway, I go, I got it. He wants me to figure it out for myself. And the whole thing about the TV set and cartoons was a joke. I got it. Because that's how I would get the information is through telecommunication. Mm-hmm. It's all I would do. I felt like I was a crazy person. And, you know, I get mom, I get so many downloads. Look, I found my notebook, too. Okay. I, I found my notebook and I actually packed it with me because I want to go through it that what I would write during the master's lecture. I still have that. Well, <laughs> so, you know, you've written this book. Do you think you're going to have another book with more stories? Yes. Or I'll turn this into audio. Okay. For people to listen to while they drive. But yeah, I have, yeah, it's hard to get into depth between the lines of each chapter because there's so much more information. It's like a dream. A little dream will tell you so much more about yeah. the bigger picture. Um, right. Well, that's but, what I mean. Like, there's so much more that you've experienced that isn't in your book that yeah. I'm just curious if, um, if that's Especially something- now. Especially now with the monster ships coming in off my balcony. Yeah. You know, it's like, okay. And then give a session to somebody and Dolores cannons would come through and and I'd ask about that experience that I had. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm jumping around here, but um, Dolores would say, yeah, that was me on the ship. Okay. Well, and yeah, and that was one thing I was going to ask you about with your QHHT um, practice. Now, do you have them coming through or like you said, Dolores Mm -hmm. comes through. Quite often they come through. Okay. And, and the person will be like kind of confused and wait, there's somebody here. Yeah. That they, they have a message for you. They want to talk to you. And yeah. the other being will come through. And sometimes it's, it's an ET, mm-hmm. you know, and I'll ask them questions just for a little spot check. And they'll say, why do you ask? <laughs> you know the answer. Well, I know. And that's one thing, like, I, I've started to channel my Arcturians and 
the thing is like, I know so much information and I, so I feel like I don't even know what to ask you because I feel like I already know all the answers, <laughs> but what can, I, what can I ask for people that might want to learn something new or different or mm. have a different perspective on that? And so I'm just working with that now. It's a newer mm. thing. From my perspective, you are such a highly evolved being to have that quiver in your cap. You know, that's extraordinary, you know, and I feel that writing a book is important, but it's probably more important to do something like this and get the word out more like, hey, there's easier ways to get through all this and there's shortcuts. Do it. It's so important because the value of time and life right now is being compressed mm. from all angles, from the economy to the spiritual warfares and the, all these things that we have to navigate and co actually come together because yeah. we, can we, can, we can magnify the frequency yes. and, and change it. Yes. Um, every word is alive. There's a reservoir for each word that is out there. And either you're adding to that reservoir or you're taking from it. So, and the dark side feeds off that reservoir. Hmm. And it's very important to watch your speech in your heart. It really is. That is, that is very true. And I mean, just it seems like one thing after another over the last many years, but just like fear, 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 control, fear. And so the more that, at, at least for me, and I was talking to my friend about this yesterday, my friend Tammy, like the more I need, I need to stay out of that polarity. I need to stay out of this tug of war that's going on and really just know the truth is love, right? That yep. is the truth of everything. Mm -hmm. So the more that I can just sit in that place of love and my own personal joy and peace then even though yeah there's shit going on around us but coming from that place there i can do a better job in my life for the people in my world that's, if I that's beautiful yeah that's beautiful yeah but it, it, it's true you, you we have the ability to be human alchemists and we can walk into a room just full of negative smut mm -hmm. and consciously breathe it in and with a thought inject light and love into it and exhale it and you can do that and change the entire room in moments yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so if you're one of those people watching and you understand this shine your light shine your love yes please please <laughs> I, I noticed that in the hall when I first got there. At first, it's like, how come the master's talking about me? Which one are you rapping me, ratting me out? You know? And then I go, oh, I never talked about that to anybody. So none of these women are ratting me out. It must be. And then I slowly started to take it apart and figure it was, it was he had access to the quantum energy, the quantum field, the UFOs, the ETs. They were all a part of it. I remember standing in school, not knowing what they were, counted seven rainbow-shaped saucers above us okay. in school, seven of them. They weren't phased in UFOs, and I, and I didn't know what they were because I wasn't there yet. Mm -hmm. But now I go, they are all around. And then the orbs, well, people don't know what orbs are. Orbs are the little information gatherers that go everywhere, in through you, through you, all around you. They gather the data and they send it to the mainstream quantum energy. And then it goes into the big computers and it comes back. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a, there's a whole scene, like a stage. You got a stage, you got your actors and actresses and you have your cameraman, you have your director, you have the, Makeup artist, you have the caterers, got this whole scene behind the stage mm -hmm. we call life. Right. We call humanity. There's so much behind it and beyond it that is keeping us from 
killing ourselves. Right. <laughs> because we failed before. Yes. We were at this paradox before mm -hmm. to try to make it. And we failed. And people go, well, how do you know that? And I'm like, well, where do you think deja vu comes from? We've experienced this before. Mm -hmm. And now we are back trying it once more. This time, they're not going to let us fail. They will step in and intervene. And that's why I say when I see more and more ships coming closer out of there, there, I go, what's going on, man? Is something going to cut loose here soon? Because they sure are coming in ready to intercept. There's no reason for so many to be here. Right. Well, and I guess that reminds me of my experience when I was 15, because when I was um, taken aboard and given a tour and it was a telepathic conversation with my guide, um, it's like, okay, why, why are we here? Why am I here? And at that time, this was in the late eighties, like 1988. And we were on the verge of world war three and nuclear weapons and all of that. And what he said was, you know, we're, I'm, we're here to see if you physiologically and genetically could live here with us if something happens to the earth, because right now it's on a path of destruction. Yeah. And fortunately, nothing did happen at that time. And so maybe there was intervention or something happened. But now, like you're saying, we're at a, we're at a precipice again mm -hmm. where yeah. um, things could go really wrong. And, and I agree with you. They are here to like help us, <laughs> not, yeah. not destroy us, because there's been too much put into us. And we are them. We yeah. are their family. And, yeah. Um, yeah. And invite, call your galactic family in. The nice thing is, is when you do finally see the ship and meet it, they, they will actually, you they will help you, you know, they will help you. They will give you information. They will guide you into in through some dark times. You yeah. know, listen to that voice, you know, listen to them, you know. Yes. And, um, well, and that's, I and you can also send your aids to help somebody else. No, I'm good. Thanks. Okay. Thanks, God. I didn't know it's raining. Oh, my, my luggage. Yeah, you can help other people. You know, when I was when I was giving a session to somebody and they told me to heal the person, they go, no, you can heal this person. We want you to do it. And I said, well, how do you want me to do it? Let them use your aids. Let me use your guides. They said, you have two. I know I have two. I said, oh, really? What are the names? They were right on. Okay. They told me the names and they were completely correct. I was testing them. What are the names? Lushma and Ramel. Okay. Actually, well, actually, actually, it's Lamer and Ramel. And the reason I got those names when I was 21. I was leaning, I saw, um, I was laying in bed and I'm looking up and I saw um, these little like blue and red electrons pop in the sky, in the, above me. And then I go, are you my guides? Uh, what are your names? And I just went to the neutral state and they said, La, la Mer, Lushma, but it's really correctly, it's La Mer. And the other one's Ramo. So left and right, L and R, that's okay. how I remember that. Okay, very cool. Yeah, everybody's got one. Yeah, I mean, well, I have multiple guides, but my main Arcturian is Uluru. So I like that. That's fun. Yeah, Uluru. Uluru. I know a lot of people have a hard time pronouncing that, but when I have my blue, pardon? It's got a good roll to it. Uluru. So. We yeah, just, well, if, if you have questions, I mean, if, if, if you think you've had experiences, folks, mm -hmm. I encourage you to get my book. I wrote this as 38 chapters, memoirs about experiences that I've had. And I've had countless thank yous from people for writing this book because they can identify with one, two or three of my chapters that yeah. they've had the same experience. And that's why I that's what prompted me to write this. Is when I unlock myself, I wanted to th think of a way or figure out a way for other people to unlock themselves, and then we come there. You notice in the photo, it's um, right there. 
we see the ships are sending energy to the master, the master sitting on the bench. Mm-hmm. And then the master is sending it to me and I'm sending it back to the ships. That's what I can, I came up with that image. Beautiful. And then I had it made, there we go, right there. Yeah, beautiful. That's and, and through, I created a course called UFO On Demand. After you read the book, if you want to learn how to do that, you can go to the course and learn how to do that. The byproduct of that is, it's a sneaky way to get people to elevate their consciousness. Because if you want to see UFOs, you have to elevate your consciousness and you will become more loving, more harmonious, more patient, more tolerant. Your life will flow in a much better state. Yes. And that's the, that's the whole angle. The UFOs is but the eye candy to get you started. Yeah, totally agree. And yeah, we are simpatico there. And um, my book will be out in the next couple of months, which is a good, good companion to your book. <laughs> um, yeah, it's actually, they're, they're beautifully synchronized in the overall. I can't movie. wait to get it and read it. So, you know, this might sound conceited, but I still get enjoyment out of reading my own book. <laughs> you know, and, and and reminiscing, you know, it's pretty yeah, fun. It is. Well, and um, so I just, this Saturday, for those of you watching, um, Brent has very generously donated two copies of his book to people who attend my launch party of my newest Oracle deck, Connection to the Cosmos. Signed copies. Signed copies. Even better. So I have my newest Oracle deck, Connection to the Cosmos, and these cards are quite a bit different than my other cards because I want it, you know, like you, I've been in a spiritual school um, on and off throughout my life, and we learn very practical techniques, tools, methods, and I've learned from other sources as well of how to raise that vibration, how to connect, how to do business, and so... The cards actually, they give information about, you know, what, what the card means. But then I have practical techniques to actually do that thing, to really connect. And so connection to Cosmos, I'll, I'll okay. make sure check. I'll make sure. But um, so the launch party is this Saturday on Zoom. Um, so you're watching you can always email me lisa at mysticmanta.com to get the zoom link for that and i have lots of prizes so Brent has generously donated a couple books i am giving away autographed copy of my newest book when it comes out free oracle deck um i've got a human design chart reading i'm doing for people my friend tammy cantrell is generously donating two different oracle card readings with coaching and I have fun things like alien story. Yep. <laughs> so it's going to be a fun time. It's the first time I've done a major launch like this. Um, the other thing, I have my galactic retreat coming up in October, October 13th to the 16th here in Hawaii. And all of the things that we have just talked about with learning how to do telepathy and really communicate with the mind, raise your vibration, all of that, activate your DNA, call them in, invite them in. All of that is part of the retreat. So if you're interested in that. And then if you are visiting Hawaii, um, of course, my husband Skip and I, we do Big Island UFO tours. And so we had a tour last night. It was fantastic. Lots of activity. We have a spiritual tour tonight, which I love the spiritual ones. So we have we have our base ones where people we're just looking through the goggles and we're talking story about UFOs. But the spiritual one is the people who actually want to do what even I do, Brent, where mm-hmm. we meditate and we get into that higher vibration and yeah. we call them in. And so that's not yeah. for everyone, which is why we have the two options. <laughs> it will be eventually. It will. Exactly. It's a start. And yeah. So um, you can find me at www.drlisajthompson.com or mysticmanta.com and bigislandufotours.com. And Brent, share how they can work with you and how they can find you. Um, yes, go dot 
BrentBoatman.com for the books or the UFO on demand course or BrentBoatman.com for a session or a conversation. That's how you can find me. You can also get books through uh, BrentBoatman.com. But we're totally accessible to help you elevate your consciousness yourself or if you need some questions answered, um, you know, we can take a step up to the plate on them and do the best we can to help you navigate through what ails you or what's what's happening with your life. Yeah. We're in, the, we're, we're in this together. Keep your eyes on the skies. Yes. Well, thank you so much for being here with me today. And thank you those who are watching or live or watching the replay. And I will see you next time. Thank I you so you. much for having me. Yes. I, my pleasure. <laughs> Aloha, everyone. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye.